Hello and welcome to the Canadian Jewish Schmooze. I'm your host, Alex Rose, and Michael Freeman is not joining us today. So uh, I got kind of nervous about hosting the show by myself. So I asked my pal, a rising stand-up comedian and a current journalism student to tag along as a co-host, Joe Fish. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Thanks for having me, Alex. Appreciate it. Our regular guest, not a guest co-host, just our, you know, the cycling guest that we have today is Zach Babbins, who is a former parliamentary staffer and a current consultant with Daisy Consulting Group. How's it going? There was something else that you used to do? Uh, yeah, um, having worked for a number of Jewish organizations in the past, I call myself a recovering Jewish professional. <laughs> you're never yeah. really out. You're just <laughs> I mean, you're here, there. you're in right now. Exactly. <laughs> you're sitting at the CJM podcast <laughs> table. So Happy to be here. So we're doing an election theme episode today where we're going to be talking about a couple different issues, storylines. We're going to be having kind of a debate, kind of a discussion with Zach and another one of my colleagues, Jesse Klein, who will be joining us later. They have some different political leanings, as you'll find out. And for the segment that we have every week, do Jews really need to worry about this? We're going to be talking about the flyers that some political parties are sending out, targeted flyers, and and kind of the way people feel about them and the responses. But we'll get to more of that later. First, we're going to be talking about the cover story from Ron Silag. You've heard him on the show before. He's discussed the census. He's discussed the wine case. And he wrote this cover story surveying the finish line about the 14 federal ridings where there's 5% or more makeup of Jews. Uh, before we get started, guys, what ridings are you voting in? I just cast my ballot, actually, on Ooh, fancy. Sunday night in Toronto St. Paul's. Shkoyach. <laughs> I, uh, over the weekend on Shabbos, because I didn't want to vote on Shvini Yitzharet, and I'm that kind of Jew, I <laughs> voted in Toronto Center. And I voted in Eglinton Lawrence, which is another one of the ridings. That, mm-hmm. So I voted on Sunday. There's something really interesting in this story that maybe this will be obvious to some of you. It was interesting to me and I think could be news to a lot of people who think that Jews in general, Canadian Jews, are, are more conservative leaning. And that's capital C conservative party leaning. Because there's a couple different polls here, and they don't have the exact same numbers, but they do have the same results. One of them says that, this is from Campaign Research Inc., that says Jewish Canadians favor liberals over conservatives by a margin of 42% to 36%. Another one, uh, this is from the survey of Jews from March, says that they favor liberals 36 to 32% over conservatives. And of the 14 ridings with the most Jewish people in Canada, all but one of them, which is Thornhill riding, is actually held by a liberal at the moment. And, you know, part of that is just the fact that the liberals dominated last election. And part of that is even the most Jewish riding only has, what, 37% Jews? But yeah, what, what were your thoughts when you guys first heard that Canadian Jews supported liberals more than conservatives? I guess I was a little surprised. I mean, I think it's it's contrary to my own personal experiences. I mean, my family definitely skews conservative. Um, So maybe that informs kind of my perception of the whole broader community. Overall, I I don't find it, I guess, terribly surprising. I mean, I live in St. Paul's, which has been held by Carolyn Bennett for as long as I can remember. Um, It's always been... Yeah, eons. Exactly. She's she's pretty deeply entrenched where I live. So, um, I mean, as shocking as it is to me personally, I guess it makes a weird sort of sense... Yeah, and I think that's that's a generally held sentiment in the community that Jews tend to, these days, sway conservative, uh, big C conservative, although that hasn't historically been the case. Um, uh, the historical Canadian Jewish community uh, often was solidly red to the point where the only communist candidate who has ever elected to parliament was elected in Montreal in the, in the most heavily Jewish riding at the time, his name was Fred Rose. 
He was actually no later, relation. No, no relation. He was later actually expelled from Parliament for espionage. Goes to show that it's like a lot of <laughs> a lot of Jewish stereotypes in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's you got your dual loyalties. You got your data government undermining the system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so coming back to today, I think a lot of people have this perception that the Jewish community is is heavily swaying conservative, and I think it's. I think it's interesting to see that that's not the case and that the fact that uh, I'm shocked that the liberals were outperforming the conservatives, much less that it was even close. But you're saying that we were actually even further left at at points than we are now. And, you know, we like to think in these like straight line narratives, but clearly it's more complex than that. Yeah. And I wanted to also note that the 36, 37, 32, um, that whole range that's a, this the the numbers I'm seeing here is pretty much just the same numbers as your average poll of Canadians in general. Mm-hmm. You'll have about thirty five ish, give or take five percent for the Liberals, for the Conservatives, and then the next twenty percent will be somewhere between the NDP, the Bloc, the Green Party, etc. Yeah, but I I, I think Jews, they're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I I have a question. How much how much of this can just be attributable to um, the more general trend of rural voters tending trending conservative and then urban voters trending liberal, you know, because Jews, I mean, are, are I think primarily it's it's safe to say an urban people now mm-hmm. in, in Canada, yeah, especially. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I think some of this might just be that, you know, we're not just in the city, but we're of the city you know and, and right. the broader trend i think globally is that that's an interesting point i do mm. wonder what uh you know our supportive parties is like compared to city dwellers and not just the national averages because mm-hmm. when you take the base rate into account maybe we are skewed more conservative um, but then again yeah. this is actually you know 42 percent to 36 percent 36 to 32 do, do you mm. know anything about the urban averages i i would venture to say that the urban average would be a little bit less conservative than the national yeah. average. Um, I don't have those numbers. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, speak. no, we. Yeah, it's a good point. Something we could look into. Um, but why do you think kind of this expectation existed within all of us that you know I was surprised as you guys were, um, and you know you can rationalize it once we see the numbers, which you have to do because that's the numbers are what they are. But where do you think like this idea comes from? Uh, why do you think we had the perception that? Jews in Canada were so much more conservative than they actually are in terms of their political support. I think Israel is probably the number one, the number one determining factor in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably, I think Stephen Harper um, was a vocal supporter of the state of Israel, and I think that played well with a lot of Jewish people. Um, and I also think maybe we overestimate the general. Um, importance placed on Canadian policy mm-hmm. with regards to Israel in the mind of Jewish voters in Canada. So maybe we're sort of buying into that split loyalties narrative um, that anti-Semites push sometimes. Um, maybe we as a community have internalized lo- that a little bit in our evaluation of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's certainly, um, th- there, there is dozens, hundreds of issues that your average voter, your average Jewish voter will take into consideration when they're in that ballot box and uh and i think that i think i think that you're right that we we overestimate i think how much that israel question plays into it and that's not to say 
that the major policies of either party towards Israel has shifted in the last 20 years, 25 years. Um, not a single word of foreign policy was rewritten, as far as I know, a, over the last three prime ministers, four prime ministers. But the vocal, uh, Stephen Harper's vocal support of Israel uh, was, was definitely a difference maker, I think, in the minds of a lot of people. Yeah, um, on our most recent episode, we had Rabbi, Rabbi Robin Fryer Bodzin, who's from Toronto, but she'd been living in the States for a while. And, you know, Michael and I were talking about how, um, when you look at it, the stances of the liberal and conservative party in the Middle East are pretty much identical. There's like nothing that really separates them. UNRWA could be the only thing, and, and now the embassy. Yeah. Um, and she was surprised to hear that, right? Because the way people talk about it, mm. um, like, it's like Harper is such a great friend to Israel and the Jews and, and the liberals are not um of course it's only some people who talk about it like that but there isn't right. i mean maybe in terms of rhetoric you could make that case but in terms of policy mm -hmm. um, there isn't really much substantiating that and i do want to say when i was working on the hill um it was at the time of the uh conservatives motion to for the house to um formally condemn bds something that i just want to be clear had absolutely no charter of rights implications it was just a non-binding motion mm -hmm. But I want to note that every that almost every liberal member in the House at the time voted with the conservatives to condemn BDS. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like you said, the party the the daylight between between the liberals and conservatives on Israel issues is fairly minimal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just interesting too because I think maybe when we're judging the way other people vote, you know, you know, Jewish people who vote conservative because of their belief that conservatives are better friends to Israel. And, you know, you might know Jewish people who vote liberal because they like the refugee thing, but they're not doing that as, as a Jewish person. I mean, whatever they do is as a Jewish person, sure. And they might say it's because of their, their like Jewish values, but you can have lots of values that promote refugees and still not be Jewish, but there's not like the same link as theirs with Israel, right? Yeah, it's not as direct a, yeah. a correlation from Jewish identity to the policy it's more there, there's another step involved um, so that was just going off what you were saying Joe about how like you know we think of Israel and conservative and we just have that bright clear link in our minds and I mean we all seem to have it and uh, whether we're fans of conservatives or not as big fans whether we're fans of Israel or not as big fans um, and yeah I'm guessing that might play a lot into the kind of perceptions of the way the Jewish community votes versus the reality of it yeah yeah I'd agree most yeah. definitely I mean I know even in, in my writing, like Carolyn Bennett hasn't shied away from um, from voicing support for Israel. And even a few years ago, I remember her circulating campaign materials showing her uh, in front of the Western Wall, you know, like pretty, pretty unequivocal um, signs that she's supportive of Israel, mm -hmm. that she's sending out to the Jewish community. I think uh, we can leave it there for now because there's more to say about this, but we want to bring in Jesse for the debate, too. So joining us now is Jesse Klein, a copy editor at the Canadian Jewish News. Thanks for joining us, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Um, so before we get into it, could both of you guys just tell us a little bit about kind of your political beliefs and backgrounds? Zach? Sure. So uh, I joined the Liberal Party the day after the 2011 election. Uh, there's nothing more fun to me than something that's just gone through hell. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I mean, I've always kind of lean liberal, um, never really had a political home, but found it in the party. And I worked for an MP um, 
uh, Winnipeg Center, Robert Falcon Millette, uh, for about six months in Ottawa. That was fun. Um, help, I'm helping out on a couple of campaigns this election, and I'm a political consultant, which means exactly what you think it means. Um, <laughs> I also have done some work with CJ Pack and the Fellowship. Shout out to them. They're great. They do great work. Jesse, how about you? I'm a libertarian, so I hate all political parties. Um, I have a background in political science and economics, and I've written on um, political and economic issues for a number of publications in Canada and the United States. Are you voting in this election? Yes. Do you feel comfortable disclosing who you're voting for? I'm going with the People's Party this time. Okay. I guess, first of all, um, are there any issues or, or anything that's kind of caught your eye as a Jewish voter this election that's, that's really uh, stood out to you or something that might inform the way you're going to vote? I can't say that there has in particular. Um, I generally don't vote along Jewish lines personally. Yeah. Um, there are other issues that are more important to me. Um, I do like that the conservatives have said they'll move the embassy to Jerusalem. Um, I think that would be an important step. Um, we can start with that. Sure. Yeah. What do you like about that? Um, I think it's high time that the international community recognize that the capital of Israel is the capital of Israel. And the only thing stopping everybody from who wanted to move an embassy to move their embassy was the fact that the United States hadn't done it. Um, now that they have, I think we're free to go ahead and follow suit. I don't think it's a bad move in a number of respects. The capital of Israel is Jerusalem, and it, it, it will never not be. But the question in my mind, I guess, is what does it actually do? Other than, I mean, we have an embassy in Tel Aviv and we have, I guess, a consulate in Jerusalem. What does it do other than um, change people's desks? And uh, it, it, it's a great symbolic move. It really is. And I there there's nothing about it symbolically that I really disagree with. But I just, if that's, it, to me, if that's your policy on Israel... I want to see, you know, where the meat is. It's all sizzle and no steak. There's no question it's a symbolic move. It does two things. It shows that Canada will support Israel and is a firm <laughs> supporter of the state. You know, it's also, I think, it, it's the right thing to do, um, especially when you have UN bodies like UNESCO trying to pretend that the Jews don't have a history in Jerusalem, even though it was the Jews that built the city in the first place. Well, some of the Jews. Um, but, it, I, I, again not disagreeing with kind of the 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 facts as presented just kind of drawing the conclusion uh, a, a different conclusion of like oh, again what does it accomplish it doesn't change any facts on the ground it doesn't enhance israel's strategic um, negotiating it doesn't enhance canada's ability to be any kind of negotiator all it does is really just move the ambassador and the consul general's desks and switch them up um, zooming out from the embassy issue specifically, just in Israel in general, you know, we've been talking about how policy-wise, at least Conservative Party and Liberal Party are, are pretty much identical. I don't know what People Party says. Do they say anything about Israel? I don't think they have much of a platform. Um, but, you know, I, we've said that the rhetoric in terms of Israel can seem quite different between the Liberals and Conservatives. And, you know, people can interpret that differently and some say it, it doesn't matter as much if their policy is the same and some say it makes a big difference when you have like a very vocal world leader in favor of israel it's like stephen harper or andrew Scheer presumably would be so jesse does it mean much to you if one party has stronger rhetoric on israel i think it's important to have strong rhetoric on israel especially as a jew 
Um, I think Harper did a good job of that, um, especially when we have so many dissenting voices and so many people, you know, arguing that Israel is an apartheid state and things like that. Um, having said that, you're right, when it comes down to actual policy, I think the liberals and conservatives are going to be pretty much the same. Um, both are going to support the state of Israel and are going to maintain Canada's relationship with it. Um, I, the same can't be said for the As I'm not an NDP or Green member, supporter, what have you, um, I won't really get into that one. But I Do don't you disagree think, with that? Um, I think the NDP is not as bad as many think it is. I think the Greens um, are not as bad as people think they are. I think the Greens have built a they, their coalition has largely to 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 now till now till this election their coalition of supporters has largely been environmentalists and also people who don't like other parties and with that you'll get a couple of the anti-israel people but i mean if you'll recall at their convention they voted against the bds resolution not by as much as i would like to but you know they voted against it and in Elizabeth May's defense, she has been um, she's been working fairly hard to to kind of steer away from that kind of issue. But speaking to the question, it doesn't really make a difference to me which party is louder or more vocal in support of Israel. I vote in Canada. Uh, Israel is strong. It doesn't really need us uh, as much as I know that they appreciate you know, uh, for other country support, the uh, the policy doesn't change. The policy hasn't changed, and I vote on what's going on in Canada right now. Uh, you know, as a Jewish person, my vote is so much more based on other policies. Um, as a Canadian, my vote is based on other policies. It doesn't really make a difference to me who's louder who's more um, vocally supportive as long as everyone's generally supportive. And what are some of those other policies? Sure. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was in synagogue for Yom Kippur with my parents, and typically I, I'll step outside for a few minutes, get some fresh air. Uh, this was the day after or the same day of, depending on the time zones, the shootings in Halle, Germany. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, where two people were killed in, a, in an attack on a synagogue. The synagogue that I was at with my parents had one security officer and one police officer. And if someone had wanted to attack that synagogue, it would not have been a difficult thing. So I want to know what the parties are going to do for Canadian Jewish communities to keep us safe, just for an example. Does that figure into your vote at all, Jesse? I think safety is a big concern. I think we're much more safe in Canada than um, in many other places in the world. Um, and no, I mean, we've seen the liberals pander to Jewish voters by giving all this money in the security infrastructure program to synagogues to upgrade security. And no, I don't like that type of pander. I, I, I don't think it's a matter of pandering when when the, the threat has been as close as Pittsburgh, as close as a mosque in Quebec City. I think it's just, I, I think we are living in an age of rising anti-Semitism. And I think it's, it's scary for people who go to synagogue and 
I don't think that's pandering. I think that's good policy. Look, security is important for everybody in this country. And certainly synagogues and other institutions like them are more vulnerable than other places. You know, but some of that burden has to be shouldered by the Jewish institutions themselves. I don't think taxpayers should be on the hook for upgrading security cameras at every synagogue across the country. Whether it's a question of taxpayer or community, I mean, the fact is, is that the middle class Jewish community is pretty crunched already. I mean, you see Jewish schools closing all through Toronto because people can't afford to send their kids there. When you have tuition at schools like Chat in uh, rivaling a four-year university degree for one year, you uh, the idea that we should just pay for it ourselves. Yeah, we should, but if we can't, I think. And uh, clearly, I'm not a libertarian. I believe that it's the government's role to step in when the free market fails. And I think with the crunch that the Jewish middle class is experiencing, I think that's a great place for the government to step up and say, here's where we can help. Well, providing general security infrastructure like police and Mm -hmm. intelligence is one thing, but we're talking about upgrading private buildings, which is something completely different. Vulnerable private buildings. I don't see the connection between the schools. I mean, there's lots of money in the Jewish community itself. Yeah, if you want to send your kid to Jewish school, it's going to cost a lot of money. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but it doesn't mean that synagogues don't have the money to pay for their own security infrastructure. Though a lot of synagogues are having trouble paying their own bills and 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 not I won't say paying their own bills, but I think that synagogue membership is expensive enough for most middle class people, uh, whether it's a school tuition or kosher food or synagogue membership or all of the other things that it takes to live a Jewish life. Living a Jewish life in Toronto, in Montreal, in in Canada is expensive these days. So yes, there is money, but the question, you know, uh, there, there's the old joke that the richest guy in Israel is the plaque maker. So it, it, are we really going to have the the Judy Cohen security cameras? There you mean because like Judy there. Cohen donated? The uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, I, 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 if <laughs> Judy, if you're listening, I just made up the name. <laughs> I think we have at least four listeners named Judy Cohen. So. <laughs> just statistically <laughs> speaking. So I, I do think that that this is a place where where government intervention can be exactly what is needed. And we do need that security infrastructure and we do need the funding, whether it comes from the government or comes from private donors. The fact is that... If you look at a lot of shows around around Toronto, in my experience, the private donors are not are not doing these things. So that's I think that's a that's exactly what government was built for, to protect to to step in where vulnerable communities are are feeling a crunch. I have a question for you, Jesse. Do you think because you you mentioned that the Jewish community has a fair amount of money? Do you think if there was a community that you know didn't have um, really the same kind of wealth in a similar situation, they the government would have a role to play, or is it more just the entire principle? I'm not saying that the government doesn't have a role to play in securities. Like certainly, yeah. the government uh, it provides police protection for the general community, for the Jewish community. Uh, I'm not saying that that protection doesn't need to be stepped up at some points or in some places in various cities across the country. 
Um, but I think there's a big difference between that, the general security infrastructure of this country, which we have in place, and giving direct subsidies to certain institutions so that they can install bulletproof glass or security cameras or other things like that. Because mm-hmm. we've just been focusing on, on you know, mostly on, on synagogues mm-hmm. and perhaps Jewish schools and other Jewish institutions. But, but do you feel that way across the board for religious institutions? And not just religious Any institutions. Private. Like I, I do think the government has a role to play in terms of providing security. I don't think it necessarily needs to upgrade private buildings. But I think, I think he makes a great point about the central tenet of this campaign, which is the cost of living. And the cost of living for Jews in this country is, is high and it's hard. And, it, and it's the same for the general population and the middle class in general. It's becoming very unaffordable to live in large parts of this country. And I think all the political parties are trying to address that in their own ways. Mm-hmm. How's the um, People's Party? Because I don't know so much about their platform, to be honest. Um, I have been a supporter of Bernier for a long time. Um, I like a lot of his views, not all of his views. I'm not uh, a big fan of a lot of his views on immigration. Um, And the People's Party itself, I think the problematic thing is that he had to go and find candidates for every riding across the country, mm-hmm. and he got a lot of crazy. Right. A lot. Yeah. Personal <laughs> comment, if you go to Twitter, a quick scan of the hashtag PPC19 or 2019, we'll see dozens of hits of candidates and supporters raving about the globalists, which is all of us in this room, <laughs> um, the UN conspiracies, the... Um, global warming is a myth. Uh, like, there's a lot of uh, quote unquote anti globalist sentiment. Oh, in, so that's uh, why they wanted to warm so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt that it's attracted a lot of conspiracy theorists and the kind of Trumpian Republicans north of the border um, to the party who don't feel that, they, you know, who normally would probably go to the conservative party but don't feel like they have a home there anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there any. Are there any closing points that you guys want to make? Uh, I don't care who you vote for. I do care, but you should vote anyways. Just get out and vote. There is advanced polling still going on, I believe, as of this recording. Um, if you are not Orthodox, you can vote all day on Election Day. Go to electionscanada.ca for more information. Please vote. I'm not going to say if you don't vote, you can't complain. It's your God-given right as a Jew to complain anyways. <laughs> but your complaints have a lot more substance if you vote anyways. Please don't vote. I want my vote to count more. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Well, thank you to Jesse for joining us uh, for that discussion. You know, I I know it's not the typical Canadian Jewish conservative point of view, but we thought it would be interesting to hear, you know, a libertarian, someone who happens to work in the office and can join on short notice. You know, those are the kind of things we look for. Uh, We're professionals. For, yeah. yeah. I mean, we did put a lot of effort into mm-hmm. looking for a Zach. I know yeah. you asked a lot of people. Yeah. Um, if I could cut in for yeah, a sec, Alex. Sure. Um, I, just wanted, I just wanted to clarify for the audience that I, I am in no way qualified to speak <laughs> on political issues. Like, I am... I am a total ignoramus, and my my chief qualification for being here is that I am Canadian Jewish, and I know Alex. So I just want I just wanted to put that out there. Funny enough, in some parts of Toronto, that qualifies you to vote too. It does. It does. I know. Unfortunately, it does. Yes. Um, speaking of voting in Toronto, 
Well, I guess you could have figured this out already because we teased it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> but <laughs> There's an election going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a final issue that we want to talk about. It's something that we were actually going to talk about in the debate section earlier, but we thought it would be worth discussing all on its own. And it's that, um, you know, the conservative party has been, I guess, targeting Jewish voters with flyers. And um, these flyers say, you know, vote for us because we're stronger on Israel. We're better for Jews. There's like a checklist on the left with all these things that the party has done for Jewish people. And on the right, there's kind of corresponding ones that the liberals haven't done. And some of the things are stuff that we've discussed today, like moving the embassy and stuff like that. Stuff we've discussed on previous podcasts, like continuing to fund UNRWA, the liberals do, and the conservatives say they'd cut it. And some of the other stuff um, is more abstract or just kind of like, you know, rhetoric, like we were talking about. We can't find a lot of people who are happy about it. Like, Zach, what have you seen the responses? So, Zach, Joe, my question for both of you is, do the Jews really need to worry about targeted campaign flyers? I don't, I don't know if if I'm necessarily worried about the flyers so much as it's, I guess it's a little disconcerting to think that there's like a list <laughs> of Jews in the liberal and conservative campaign headquarters, you know what I mean? And then, and then I guess on that note, like what, what lands you on this list, you know what I mean? Like if Jeff from accounting brings like a smelly tuna sandwich to work, like is he getting one of these flyers later that day kind of thing? Like, uh, I, I don't know. That to me, that's what weirds me out. Yeah. Guess, so, so when, so parties gather a lot of data on voters, they go door, when they go door to door, they'll write down pretty much anything that they can see when they knock on your door. If yeah. you have a mezuzah, they'll probably write that down. They'll, they'll note it. They if, you have, also, if you have white fish on if, your breath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they can smell freshly baked challah. Um, they also get a lot of data from Facebook, um, from Twitter, from Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Uh, that scares me. Um, that part, uh, because political parties are not actually um, covered by uh, the privacy legislation that governs private businesses' use of data. Um, it's actually something that the Green Party came out uh, in favor of changing a couple weeks ago. Then promptly um, it was discovered that the same day, it was discovered that in a campaign training video on their website that was available to the public, they uh, accidentally disclosed some names of pro- of voters a uh, bit of a one Yikes. step forward two steps back kind of day for them but uh it is important and i, I think that it would be good for all of us if parties were covered by data privacy legislation so what's the response been that you guys have seen largely um largely negative uh, a lot of it ha- a lot of it in response to the first one that came out from the conservative party uh, it was publicized by the liberals, by um, by Jewish liberal MPs saying that... Is that Karina Gould? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, so the, the main tracks of criticism of this piece of literature was, one, the data privacy thing, two, that it kind of pits Jews and Muslims against each other because a lot of the, a lot of the uh, talking points on this flyer have to do with um with muslims muslim countries um 
for some reason, Omar Khadr is mentioned. I don't know what Omar Khadr oh, yeah. has to do with Israel. Opposed the payment made to Omar Khadr on the left yes. for the conservative checklist, and on the right, with an X next to it, paid Omar Khadr over $10 million. Yes, I don't know what that has to do with Israel. I don't know what Do that the has Jews to... need to worry about Omar Khadr? <laughs> no, no, that one we can just decide right here. This is a two-in-one, guys. I mean, listen, you can have your opinion about it. You can have your opinion about it as a Jew. I, I mm-hmm. really don't like that they're trying to turn this into a Jewish issue. Mm-hmm. Or... The alternative is that they think it is a Jewish issue and there's a certain kind of Jewish person that they're targeting mm-hmm. who they can swing their vote. I mean, you know, by all means, if that's something that you think people should vote for you on, go for it. Say that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're including it in this flyer, I mean, just the implications of that, I, that's I, what you're getting at. I think. Yeah, I think, it, I, I think it's problematic. I, I don't think it's irrelevant to the Canadian Jewish community. I don't think it's relevant to Canada's relationship with Israel. I think it is it's it's just not a thing that should have been included on that i would agree (laughs) well a robust discussion as always so the third track of criticism of this of this pamphlet um and i participated in this one is that and i and i think we've kind of spoken on this earlier in the podcast is that the that the jewish community doesn't vote on one thing the jewish community votes on so many issues. Jews vote on so many issues. Depends on the Jew. Depends on the Jew. <laughs> yeah, there's all there's a lot of Jews who will say all this, but Israel. Yeah. If you look at this piece of literature, the front of it says, "Who is the real friend of Israel and Jew and the Jewish community in Canada?" It's a question. To me, one of the things that I took great issue with is that there is a non-Jewish political party claiming that they are the voice of Canadian Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in the campaign, they uh, when there there was a uh, candidate in Montreal who was disqualified for some in the Liberal Party who was disqualified for some anti-Israel tweets. The Conservative Party um, again, or for the first time, said, "You know, can the can Canadian Jews trust the Liberal Party?" I don't think it's up to the Conservative Party to tell Canadian Jews who they can trust. I don't think that it's up to the Conservative Party to tell. I don't think it's up to any party to tell the Jews that to tell Jewish people to tell the Jews that they're le- that 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 it seem seemingly they are less Jewish if they vote for the other party. And that's the problem that I had. It it, it seemed to imp- the the literature and the rhetoric seemed to imply that if you don't vote for this party you're a bad Jew. And I don't think it's any political party's job to tell me that. I I take um serious offense with the graphic design of the pamphlet <laughs> in particular because if you look at it it so it, ha- it outlines all of the we'll post a picture in the show notes. yeah it outlines all the good things that the conservative party's done and then there's check marks next to all of them and then it outlines all the bad things that the liberal party has done and then there's x's next to those which doesn't make any sense because when you're filling out a form, it doesn't say like check correct answer and then put an X next to the wrong one. So it's, it almost looks it like just a be an empty box. I don't know what it should be, but it like it looks pretty hastily made. I, I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, so that would be my main gripe. Yeah, if you look at it, there's boxes next to everyone, and they're checked on the left and and Xed out on the right. You could have checks and x's mm-hmm. or checks and unchecked boxes yeah but you don't have x'd out boxes yeah, x'd <laughs> out. i don't know anybody fills out <laughs> a form and i mean all of us in this room have voted 
you you put an X in the box that you're going to vote for. Is the Conservative Party telling us to vote Liberal? Oh no no, I didn't do that. I I put a check mark in the party I voted for, and then I made very clear X's. <laughs> no one did that. I just but I just circled the name of the candidate I liked. Did that did that did that work? Is that what you did? I just yeah. screamed it no, don't. in the face <laughs> Please. of the woman <laughs> who was Please. presiding over the polling station. <laughs> Please don't do any of these things. Your ballot yeah. will be spoiled. I can see like the warring instincts on Zach's face to make another joke and also like yeah. <laughs> not encourage people to spoil their ballots, Please even though nobody's going to take this seriously. Yeah. But yeah. but I mean, we do have to talk about, you know, if we're, yeah. we're going to talk about the conservative one. Earlier today on Twitter, you know, someone responded to your tweet, Zach, and she said she got a similar kind of flyer. I guess it might have been an email from a liberal candidate, Gary Gladstone, who's the liberal candidate in Thornhill. So... I guess you could say one, he's Jewish himself, mm-hmm. and he's sending it as an as an individual MP, not as a party. But does that make a difference to you? So uh, Gary's um, literature, he, this it starts at the top with a question: Which party has done the most to support the Jewish community in Israel over the last four years? And then uh, he lists some of the things that the liberal government has done to support Israel and the Jewish community, including voting with uh, the condemning BDS motion. Um, voted against 90% of UN resolutions that target Israel, which is the best record of any Canadian government to date, um, quadrupled funding for security in synagogues, schools, and community centers. You know, the, the wording is a little bit different, or, or maybe just the setup that it's not contrasting everything they did against the conservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the BDS, it's funny because the BDS bill showed up on both, mm-hmm. um, but on the other, on the conservatives, it said that 47 liberal members either voted against or weren't present for the vote. But then, of course, the liberals are saying they voted for it. So, which they did. Yeah. Um, all of cabinet, the, to my knowledge, all of cabinet was there. Um, I don't remember exactly. I, I was, I was in. I was actually sitting in the uh, gallery at the time. Um, it was when I was working on the hill. I very nearly cried. I was very proud. Uh, I uh, yeah. It was. It was a of all of the members in the house. It was very clear that the liberal party was voting with. The resolution, uh, the calling, uh, citing the forty-seven liberal members who didn't or abstained or weren't there, I think it's disingenuous. Um, cabinet voted for the motion. The vast majority of backbench MPs voted with the motion. Um, I think what's funny is you know the conservatives say they're the party that lets people vote their conscience, but then when another party doesn't have all its MPs fall in line with what they think is the right thing to do. Now, of course, every party displays this kind of mm-hmm. hypocrisy. It's called a campaign. I mean, I guess what you could say for this Gary Gladstone flyer is that it's less adversarial than the conservative mm-hmm. one. Coming from a more partisan perspective, mm-hmm. um, I do think that, uh, one, it's not as confrontational. It's more promoting what, what, promoting what we do versus attacking what the other people do. Uh, I also think that, and this we've discussed many of these things on earlier segments, it's actually talking about things Canadian Jews, that, like that make a difference in Canadian Jews' lives. It talks about synagogue and school and community center funding for security. Um, the, the, you know, it, 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 the Canada-Israel Free Trade Agreement. Yeah, yeah. These are things that actually make a difference in the lives of Canadians living in Canada who are Jewish or who are not Jewish. And I think that's to me that's a bit of the difference. Um, so large... it's not lumping in like terrorism. Like yeah. I think uh, you know the conservative one said the liberal government has been kind of reactionary when it comes to terrorism yeah. and things uh, like that. Whereas they're very tough on terrorism. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to frame that as a 
uniquely Jewish issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a uniquely Jewish issue, um, but yeah, I mean, it could just be playing. on and, the- and we're talking not domestic terrorism. We're talking like Hamas and Hezbollah and things yeah. like that. That's what the conservative flyer said. Talking about the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, right? Um, UNRWA, uh, close the embassy in Iran, things like that. Uh, yeah. So take the threat of terrorism seriously. Let in the effort to ban Hamas and Hezbollah. Is mm-hmm. what, uh, but then on the on the liberal side, uh, it's only respond to public pressure on terror issues. Right. Yeah. So okay. um, that's what. That's what. It so I think we've discussed side. this. About you know we've said as much as we have to say. So my question for both of you is, do the Jews need to worry about this? What do you think? I think the Jews uh, do not need to worry about this. Especially, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. It, it I find it a little creepy, but I think being Jewish, we worry anyway. So this is a good thing to get worried about. But um, I think we should be more worried about the data targeting implications than than the flyers themselves okay so um not not necessarily jews just okay so it's so general. you know even though it upsets you the conservative flyer you know it's not something you're... I, i'm not bringing i'm not taking it to my rabbi okay yeah um, i'm more worried about the rising cost of bagels in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah the real jewish issue that this no is the jewish about. issue subsidize saint vieter um saint... Yeah. fairmont for all <laughs> i guess for me i um yeah i tend to agree with what you were saying, Zach, about the difference between, you know, the conservative and the um, and the liberal version of kind of the same attempt at, at I guess, pandering is fair to say in this case. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a little more nefarious, the conservative one. I don't know if I'm worried about it. I always do this, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> never give a straight, yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've probably given like a straight answer maybe four times mm-hmm. on her. 14 episodes or whatever you've given i've known you for six years <laughs> and i think you've given a straight answer a grand total of three times yeah. in that period of time yeah. in general i'll just say i'm not too worried about it um and with that we end the show thanks very much for listening thanks for having us thanks for having me alex yeah um thanks for coming on and our intro music is by Van Yojuk. Our outro music is by Lache Swing. Um, I'm Alex Rose. I'm your host today and always, usually with Michael Freeman, who's the usual producer. I was doing it this week, so <laughs> if it's not as good as usual, now you know why. Yes, <laughs> Hopefully, it was my fault. it was great and we can get rid of Michael. But <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. As always, thanks to everyone, and especially David Collin, who is our resident acupuncturist. <laughs> All right, until next time. <laughs> Happy voting, kids.